Do you like old horror movies? Do you enjoy cheesy special effects? How about bad dialogue? Well, if this is your cup of green tea, then you need to hear my podcast. I'm John O'Neill, the host of Fright Night, which you can find on pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Get your popcorn ready, keep the nightlight on, and listen to Fright Night. All episodes at pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. All right, that's it. You know what time it is. It's time for the one, the only, the world's best podcast. I am your host, Paul Wright, and this is a show where we talk about all the cool shit. We talk about the fucking comics. We talk about the fucking movies. We talk about the TV shows. We talk about cool books. If it's cool, if it's got a little bit of a cool sci-fi, geeky kind of slant, we're on top of it, and we're going to cover it, and it's going to be a whole, a whole boatload of fun. Certainly not for the whole family, but for maybe one or two members, sure. Yeah, they they dig it. Absolutely. I'll give them a, a money-back guarantee. But this is free, so, you know, you get what you pay for. Uh, uh, As I said, my name is Paul Wright, uh, and today, it's just me here today, I'm all by my onesies. Every now and and then I like to do a little solo episode, in which I kind of go over all the cool shit that's kind of been going on, whether it be in the movies, or cool stuff on TV, or big stuff in the world of comics, I want to cover it, and there's been so much going on lately that's really cool, and even though some of this stuff is kind of late, not late, but, you know, maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't, I like to, I like to be the guy who's like, Hey man, you should check this shit out. It's really cool. I kind of like to keep my finger on the pulse of really neat stuff, and uh, I really try to pay attention. So that way, when something really cool comes out, I can say, "Hey, you gotta check out this flick. You gotta check out this TV show. It's gonna be very cool. You'll really enjoy it." Like I was the guy, like when uh, like when Lost started. I remember watching that pilot episode, and I was like, "Fuck, that's like one of the best fucking." Like, not even hours, the first, the bet, like, the first ten minutes, from the second it starts, that show is fucking insane. The beach plane sequence after the plane crash, if you've ever seen that show, I was like, I was telling everybody, I'm like, oh, you gotta watch this show Lost, it's fucking sick, and it became a huge phenomena. Another one, Game of Thrones, I'm like, another one with a fantastic uh, pilot, but also, like, incredibly immediately grips you. Like, when those get those rangers from the Night's Watch, they go beyond the wall, and they find the dead wildlings, and they sort of come back to life, and you really encounter the White Walkers for the first time. And I was like, oh, and Game of Thrones wasn't this big, well-known thing. It wasn't like fucking Tolkien. It wasn't Lord of the Rings. It wasn't Harry Potter, you know? Uh, the books had been around, but it didn't have the fan base that those did. So I 
I was showing the Game of Thrones pilot on HBO to anyone I could. Like, if I was hanging out with a buddy after going over for some drinks or something like that, I was like, dude, I gotta fucking show you this HBO pilot. So, that's what I like to do on episodes like this every now and again. I like to kind of steer you in some stuff that you might find pretty cool. Now, this is kind of interesting. I just wanted to mention this. Obviously... We've been talking a lot about Avengers Infinity War on this show for the past couple of weeks. We did a whole, like, spoiler-filled special on it. And um, even in the show, the Quentin Tarantino uh, episode we recorded uh, earlier in the week, it came up a lot. Because it was, especially if you're a fan of Marvel films... If you've been watching these movies from the beginning, from Iron Man in 2008 and, you know, up through Cap and Thor and Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy and, you know, Age of Ultron and all these all these other great Doctor Strange and Black Panther, like, this is just such a fucking treat, you know, for fans. And it was the biggest fucking opening weekend of all Time And I thought it was going to be huge, but considering how well Black Panther had done at the box office just a few months earlier, breaking all kinds of records left and right, I really didn't think that uh, Avengers Infinity War would necessarily... I knew it was going to be a huge fucking movie, but I didn't think it would be the biggest opening weekend of all time, beating out... Star Wars The Force Awakens, and now, in its second weekend, it's still number one at the box office, and it made like a hundred and like twelve million this weekend, which is awesome for a second weekend. So it had the second best, best second weekend opening of all time, and The Force Awakens beat that. Um, but it seems like this thing has legs, because I have not, like, I, I, I have not talked to one person who hasn't said, like, man, that movie fucking blew me away, or it wasn't what I expected it to be, and, you know, or, or talked about how it affected them emotionally in some way. I think there's really good word of mouth on this movie, because I think it's really not what a lot of people expect. Yeah, it's this big, you know, crazy superhero sci-fi uh, you know, punch up to a degree, but also there's a lot of unexpected, fun, cool, sad, tragic, interesting stuff going on, which is what you want from these movies. I don't want, I don't want, you know, I want to mix, I want to be entertained, but I also want to be invested emotionally in the story and the characters. But I just wanted to kind of point out that Avengers Infinity War, you know, as it should be, is kicking ass and taking names like in Thanos and like Thanos with the fucking Infinity Gauntlet. So, uh, if you haven't seen that movie yet, shame on you, shame on you. Get your fucking act together. Get out to the theater. See Avengers: Infinity War. It's fucking awesome. Uh, I definitely think you're gonna enjoy it. Obviously, more if you're a Marvel uh, fan or fan of the movies, but it's a fucking spectacular film. So. Definitely check that out. And on like a somewhat related topic, one of the big things I wanted to do with this show 
and with world's best media and my web my website in general uh right you know we do our blogs and we do our articles and all kinds of cool stuff and some videos uh was i really want to promote comic books as a medium i think they're fantastic uh it's kind of my passion and it's not just superheroes they do crime dramas they do sci-fi they do fantasy they do uh grounded completely normal like human drama stories that have nothing to do with the extraordinary they do fun romantic comedies like they rebooted even archie like archie comics lamest fucking comics you could ever imagine but and I'm not talking about the show they did in the CW, but they redid Archie Comics as just this, like, okay, let's take the Archie concept, let's take the characters, and let's just boil them down to their core and make them kids in the 21st century, in, like, 2017, 2016, whenever they started the book. It's still going. And let's make this just, like, a fun, romantic comedy that, like, anyone could read. And it's a fucking blast. And it, there's not a superhero in sight. There's not a magic stone in sight. There's nothing. It's just about this one kid juggling these two really hot chicks. And, uh, his, you know, and, and it's just it's just really fun. It's a fun read. So the world of comic books has a lot to... Has a lot to offer especially now that you can you know and and i i do a lot of reading on tablets i love reading my comics on wednesdays uh certain books not all of them on my tablet but i really love supporting the brick and mortar comic book stores there's one in particular i go to all the time that's awesome up where i where i uh where, you know where I am. I'm just gonna give them a shout out. They don't ask me to do this, but I love those guys out there. It's called Hall of Comics. It's in what in Southboro. I'm up here in Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. So if you're uh, looking for comics, go go check those guys out. They're awesome. But every the the reason I bring all this up is every year, and I think it's the same weekend. Um, the industry as a whole. And that includes Marvel, that publishes characters like the Avengers, Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, X-Men, and DC, which does Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Justice League, Green Lantern. Um, it's it, it's exactly what it is. It's free comic book day. They give out free comics, and um, it's not just them. There are, there are also smaller companies that... Uh, put out comics as well. Um, like, uh, if you've ever seen the Hellboy movies, Hellboy is published by this company called Dark Horse. Anyway, it used to be... I was like, who the fuck gives a shit about Free Comic Book Day? Because what they did originally was they would just give out reprints of like old stuff. But now what they're doing is you actually get some really cool stuff. So what they normally do is because they want new readers to come in because they know these movies and stuff like Infinity War coming out. A lot of times people see these flicks and they're like, hey, 
I want to find out what the deal is. I love these characters. Maybe I should read the comic book. So what they started doing in Free Comic Book Day, which is really smart, is actually put out really good comics, like especially if you're a fan. Because normally in the summer, like Marvel and DC, uh, which are like the big two publishing companies, will do like a big summer blockbuster event, just like the movies do. And it's usually like a miniseries. Or they'll do, like, a big relaunch on a big character with, like, a new artist or a new writer. So it's a cool new story going in a cool new direction. And a lot of times, they in it, what they've started doing is you can walk in the, any of your brick-and-mortar comic book store and pick up an issue of... Avengers, or it might be Spider-Man. Like, it's it's certain books. It's not all free comics. But it's neat. Like, you could only get it as a free book on free comic book day. And it's usually, like, a really cool... What they've done is they've put, like, an integral chapter in whatever their big story is. So now, you it, not only is it free, it's like... This is the book you would want to read if you were going to fucking pay for comics. So it's really cool. So, um, even though that's kind of past, it was over the weekend. Uh, it's usually the first weekend in May, as far as I know, every year. I I would say, you know, keep that in mind. And uh, maybe next year you could check it out if you're curious. But I felt it was worth mentioning. Maybe I like, keep it on your radar and next year you go. So, now, again, I'm, I'm not going to be ca- talking about, like, superhero stuff in comic books all day, but some of these things just kind of lead into another. So, the, I wrote an article, there's an article up, up, up about this all on my site. I'm going to talk about it a little bit, and if you're curious, you can get more details at my website, World's Best Media, which is best-media-world.com. I'll... If you didn't get that, I'm going to say it again at the end of the episode. So, um, I kind of believe, and I talk about it in this article, I really think streaming, and when I say streaming, I mean Netflix, Amazon Prime. You know, not the... I mean, I don't know if they even fucking do this anymore, to be honest with you. Like, I mean, Netflix started where you would get DVDs mailed to your house. And... I don't know if they do that. Is it just the fucking, uh, uh, those kiosks they have, like, at random places? I have no idea. I, I don't use it. I don't consume films that way. Uh, I only do, I'm either at the theater or, um, uh, I'll, I'll get it digitally or I'll watch it streaming. I, like, I don't go and get, I don't, like, rent from, uh, like a physical copy from... So I don't really know if they do it anymore. But, uh, you know, so streaming is basically what comes live to your TV and to your computer. And uh, it's really become revolutionary because... And I think the big turning point was when they started to make their own content. Meaning... And content is a new word because is... A TV show, a TV show, if it's not on TV? If you think about it, some of the most... uh, The biggest, most talked about shows 
that have been out in a while have been on streaming services. I mean, because of the star has been marked on uh, with scandal. I mean, originally House of Cards. I mean, I still love that show, even though Kate, Kevin Spacey's a, a fucking you know absolute piece of shit. Like that show was awesome, and it was kind of and and people were like, oh wow, this is coming from Netflix. And then they started doing things like Stranger Things, which was a massive hit for them. Orange is the New Black. They started doing um, these like awesome, gritty Marvel shows that take place in the, you know, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, uh, which were all these awesome, groundbreaking fucking shows that were so great. Especially Daredevil and, uh, and the first season of Jessica Jones are unbelievable. Um, and it's like at that point, and this is only expanding, they're only doing more stuff for, for a wider way, array of audience. There's stuff for, uh, you know, someone who's, uh, in their twenties, there's stuff for kids, there's stuff for, you know, older people. It doesn't matter. They, uh, and, and it's just going to keep growing. So at this point, they're essentially a television network. And um, now, I don't really know about Amazon Prime, but I know, obviously, Netflix. Netflix is putting out their own movies now. And, like, uh, probably the biggest example of a net Netflix putting out a movie was last December, uh, they did that Will Smith movie, Bright, which was directed by David Ayer, who did Suicide Squad and the guy's done a lot, but like much better stuff than Suicide Squad. But that was just like his most famous re- recent thing. This guy David Ayer is like pretty talented. He wrote like Training Day. He directed this awesome movie with Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena called End of the Watch. And uh, um, I and so he directed this movie Bright with Will Smith and Joel Edgerton. There were, like, cops in this world, in L.A., in the modern day, in this world where, like, that was almost like Lord of the Rings if that world is kind of kept going and sort of became something very similar to our society. You know, what would that look like? All these sort of, you know, we know that magic exists and all elves and fairies and orcs and trolls and dragons and humans all living as, alongside one another what would that look like and that movie got ripped to fucking shreds but i really liked it a lot i thought it was really cool and i think the idea was that they were going to do a series of films and i think it did pretty well for them so i really hope they do a sequel because i thought that was really cool um, like more recently, I saw a, f- a flick that they put out called The Ritual, which was a horror movie that I thought was like, you know, good, not great, but like fun still. It was like, I, I, like, I love a good monster and there's a really cool, like creature at the end. It was a horror movie and there was a really cool creature at the end of this thing. And uh, if you got a cool creature in something, it goes a long way with me. I love that. So anyway, I re- like I said, I really think streaming services are the future. And now the big dogs are getting into it. Disney and Warner Brothers. Now, Disney owns Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar. So they could put out... Um, 
I don't. So I don't really know what's going to happen with. I mean, long term. I mean, I know they're still producing shows on Netflix, and they have them in development. Like, you know, we'll be getting the Marvel Netflix shows for at least another few another few years. But who knows where that stands long term? Because. Disney is launching a streaming service, and Warner Bros. is launching a streaming service. So Disney owns Marvel, and you gar- I guarantee they're going to want to put out a show. Because any streaming service now is putting out original content, because that's part of the deal. And and uh, I, know, I already know for a fact that they're going to do a live-action Star Wars show, and a animated Star Wars show. That actually sounds pretty cool. And um especially cuz the animated Star Wars shows, even even if you're an adult Star Wars fan, are phenomenal, especially Star Wars Rebels and how it's able to take the mythology of Star Wars because it's animation and people don't have to look a certain way. They've actually been able to use a surprising amount of the stars from the Star Wars films, like people like Billy D. Williams and Frank Oz and James Earl Jones have all come on the show. Liam Neeson, uh, who played Qui Gon Jinn in the in the in the prequels, like they've all been on this show, and it's not like they need to show up and give a performance because it's really just their voice. And that's not even all of them. I'm, I'm I'm missing a few. And what was really cool about Rebels was we got really invested in this cast of characters. And it kind of took place between episodes two and three, episodes three and four, uh, uh, basically between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, and it and it chronicled how the rebellion really formed. And so this new one, Resistance, is going to be about how they go from the fall of the Empire to the rise of a new republic to this situation we see them in in the new tri- in the in the new tr- trilogy. Where, you know, peace and democracy, essentially, like, this First Order rose up from the ashes of the Empire, and it's like, what the fuck happened? You guys really fucking dropped the ball on this one. It's like, like, didn't you fucking learn your lesson? They basically are the fucking Empire. It's like, was somebody watching these guys? You know, I mean, listen... I know this is basically a war crime, what I'm about to say, but they should have just executed all the fucking Imperial officers who are alive. Just boom. Take those motherfuckers out. Uh, That probably would have been in the best interest, and then they wouldn't have had to deal with the First Order that they're dealing with now. But hey, you know, shit happens. You make poor choices in war. Even if you're Princess Leia. But she had shit going on personally. Her marriage was falling apart with Han Solo. You can't keep that man tied down. He and Chewie need to be out doing shit. They need to be making moves. They need to be smuggling. Their fucking son was becoming a psychopath. So they sent them off to live with his fucking weird uncle. Yeah, that's a good recipe for a healthy, normal kid. Oh, my son's a lunatic. So, so I'm going to send him off to get fucking superpowers f- from his uh, weird uncle who lives in a fucking island. Uh, I'm sure he didn't live on the island at that point, but it's, fun- it's funny to imagine. I, I don't know. Um, but 
I guess because it's gonna uh, it's gonna take place kind of closer to episode seven than episode th- episode six. I've heard that Oscar Isaacs is in it as Poe Dameron, and this is an animated show, and and all of their animated shows have kind of skewed adult. Um, Gwendolyn Christie, who played Captain Phasma, aka like everyone thought she was gonna be like the new Boba Fett, but she's big who gives a fuck character. Even though I think she gives Finn some cool moments in the you know in the movies. But uh, she's she's gonna be in it, and even we might see Luke Skywalker and Ben Solo, meaning before he becomes Kylo Ren, which I think would be really cool and really interesting to see a little bit of them and what their like dynamic was like before he became a fucking complete lunatic. And uh, it's just like, isn't there a fucking happy medium these people can find? It's either fucking kill your family. Or become a weird space hermit and live on this island dr- drinking fucking green milk from the tits of an alien, uh, fucking, um, alien narwhal or sea cow or, or fucking alien manatee. <laughs> it's so fucking gross when he squeezes the milk out of the tit of this fucking alien sea cow and it just shoots into the and he just takes a swig of it it's all in his gross beard and it's pretty fucking nasty but uh anyway um what the fuck is I talking about okay yeah resistance anyway I'm gonna fucking watch it and it's probably gonna be on this network I'm sure they'll do some cool shit with Marvel and what they'll probably do is in addition to that is like They'll probably have all the Star Wars movies available, you know, to watch any time. All the Marvel movies available to watch at any time. Because now that they, you know, bought up the rights to the fo- all the Fox shit, too. And, like, maybe all the old TV shows they've done. And all the old animated shows. I mean, there's a lot that between Star Wars and Marvel alone that they can, you know... And Pixar and just... And there's, just a, there's just a ton... They could do with the streaming service. I think they're going to crush it. But the one that that got my attention that I'm kind of looking forward to that was like officially announced for a while. So Warner Brothers, Brothers which owns DC Comics, they are going to do a streaming service that's like solely going to produce content that is based on DC Comics characters and stories. So it will almost be like a DC Comics network. So it's going to be original shows, and you subscribe to this service if you want them. And they announced what it's officially been called, and it's called DC Universe. And they announced four shows, two of them we already knew about. One of them is called Titans, which is basically Teen Titans... From the comics. And it's going to consist of... It's a live action show. That's basically about like the young sidekick characters. In the DC Universe. Some of them you will you will know. Even if you're not a comic book fan. Some of them are kind of deep cuts. If you're not, like a, if you're not super um, familiar with comics. Or maybe you watched one of the Teen Titans shows. When you were like younger or something. But um... So far, 
on this show, Titans. And all of this is going to premiere later this year. I definitely, I don't know about the Disney one, but the DC comic streaming service is going to launch sometime later this year. And it's, so the roster is going to be, it's going to be led by Dick Grayson as Robin. And I say specifically Dick Grayson because there's been multiple Robins, but you know, you're going to get your classic Teen Titans characters like Starfire, Raven, Beast Boy, um, not as classic like Hawk and Dove, um, I think, uh, there's a few others, I think, that, uh, haven't been, like, officially announced part of the team, but I think they might be, um... Like, I think they might do a, uh, a version of, uh, Artemis, like, uh, uh, Green Arrow's, like, niece, because I don't know where this takes, if this takes place in the same universe as, like, Arrow and Flash and whatever, but it would be cool if it, it did, especially if Robin was involved. I don't want to see Batman, like, on Arrow or anything, because Arrow basically is Batman, and it's like, it just... I don't know, like, what are they going to do? Like, how much more badass can you be? Because Batman needs to be the most badass person in the room. Because Oliver Queen basically is Batman. You know, like, what the fuck is he going to do? You know, he'd have to be Batfleck coming in, just fucking murdering motherfuckers left and right. And Oliver Queen is a fucking lunatic. It would basically have to be, like, Oliver Queen going, Whoa, dude, man, chill. And, like... This is a man who shoots arrows into people's faces on a normal basis. Like, he would probably tell Ben Affleck Batman to calm it down a little bit. He's an angry motherfucker. Uh, but you know what? I enjoyed it. I, I like Ben Affleck as Batman. It's a shame the fucked up situation that they created pushed him away. But, um... So anyway... So there's that, uh, Titans, and... This is a big one for a lot of people because fans pushed this for a long time. They're doing this um another another adult skewing animated show. Uh, so they did two seasons of this show on Cartoon Network. Again, it was it was really a show about the whole DC universe, and it really had all of the big players in the DC universe on this show. But they chose to sh- tell the story through the eyes of the younger heroes. So it was kind of like Teen Titans, but it wasn't just limited to that, which was which was kind of cool. You saw the Justice League a lot. Like, they were big players, and uh, there were a lot of cool villains and stuff like that. And it was one of them... It was one of the best superhero shows ever made, period. Like, live action or whatever... And season two ended on a cliffhanger, and I remember uh, reading online that Cartoon Network canceled it because it wasn't selling enough toys. Excuse me. Because the audience were, like, more adult and women. And it's like, how fucking stupid are you? If you're, if you're, if you're Cartoon Network, 
there is, I've long said, and I think they're kind of finally coming around to this, the great undiscovered country. If if I was like a guy who worked in marketing at, at, at like a Warner Brothers or Cartoon Network or something, or anything that really produces like sort of geeky, sci-fi, fantasy, superhero stuff, I think for a long time, this was viewed as the domain of nerdy guys. But there like are way more female fans of this kind of stuff than people think. And there and there are more of them than ever. And I think people really need to recognize when they connect to a property. And it's like and they said something stupid like female fans don't buy like merchandise. Yeah, they would if you catered to what they were looking for, you know? It's it was just so fucking dumb. You're going to cancel an excellent show that had like like an excellent story and an incredibly well-done characters and and they ended on a cliffhanger too. It fucking killed me. I loved this show. And I always, you know, in this age of a lot of shows are coming back. A lot of shows are getting resurrected. Everything that's dead is uh new again or Everything is old is new again, you know. We're getting a lot of resurrections. So the other big one was we're going to get more of this show, Young Justice, on the streaming network. And it's going to be called Season 3. It's going to pick off right where the show left off. I don't know if there will be a time jump like they did. They did a five-year time jump between Seasons 1 and 2 on the original show. I don't know if they'll do that. But it's like, it's not... It's not a different show. It's like the it's the same creative team. So it's just gonna like even if there is a time jump, it's gonna continue the same story that we've been sort of following in those first two seasons, which is really cool. Now the two ones that were a bit of a surprise were um, Harley Quinn, which I guess is gonna be an animated series. I get that Harley Quinn's like a huge character right now. I I like Harley Quinn. But I don't really give a shit about seeing a show about her. But the one that caught my eye was... which I, I, I So I had no idea they were doing a Harley Quinn show. The other one is Swamp Thing. Now, I'm willing to bet a lot of people don't know who Swamp Thing is. Or maybe they saw the shitty... I think there was a shitty TV show. Like on USA. And I think Wes Craven did a terrible movie with Heather Locklear about it. But Swamp Thing is one of the coolest, most underrated fucking characters in comics. He's basically like this guy, this guy named Alec Holland, who was a botanologist. Uh, is that it? Botano- a, a, a botanist. A botanologist. Yeah, uh, I talk real good today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I'm, I'm real fucking intelligent. Um... Yeah, uh, I didn't mean to, I wasn't making fun of the mentally handicapped there in any way. I was just making fun of my own intelligence there. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, he was a botanist, and, uh, he was fucking with these chemicals. Uh, he lived down south, uh, near the swamp, and there was an explosion, and the chemicals, and the muck. You know, when you, when you live in the comic book world, an explosion, and, and chemicals, and a swamp... Yeah, you know, you don't die horribly from chemical burns or get eaten by an alligator or a, a myriad of other terrible, terrible deaths that could come from that happening to you. No, you become a swamp creature that 
can control plants and shit. That makes a lot of sense. But what was super cool, I always thought, with this character was that Swamp Thing is basically like there are... He's like an avatar of the green, which basically means he's this like personification and protector of all plant life on earth. And there's and they sit and like there's and there's one for all different kinds of life. So there's like an avatar for the red, like red being like blood and like animals, like living beings, like uh, not that plants aren't living, but like me, like, uh, you know, the green is for plants, the red are for animals, including humans. And then there's one that says the rot that uh, like uh, there's an avatar of the rot, which is basically the avatar of kind of, you know, death. And it's all part of the life cycle, like uh, like the rot, even though it represents kind of death and decay. It's not evil because, like, you know, life unchecked is, you know, just destruction. And, uh, it's re- and Swamp Thing has this rich mythology that connects to these other avatars. And he's got this really cool, um, he's got this really cool roster of villains and associates. Like, John Constantine made his first appearance in Swamp Thing. And Alan Moore, who's one of the greatest comic book writers of all time, wrote a phenomenal Swamp Thing run. So did Scott Snyder, who's a f- great Batman fucking uh, uh, writer. Um, and uh, Swamp Thing can also Swamp Thing can just grow weed, uh, which is a fucking cool power. Uh, I this there was a comic where John Constantine, it's his fortieth birthday. And uh, Swamp Thing shows up, and uh, he grows like a weed plant for them to keep the party going. Kind of like Jesus, you know. Hey, here you guys. One and one. Have a good fucking time. That's what Swamp Thing did. He showed up. Boom. Weed plant. There you go, guys. See, now that's a good superhero right there. Taking care of people. Letting them get high. Smoking weed. But, in all seriousness... I don't. I don't want to go into like all the intricate details of the swamp thing, and why and how cool. He, oh, well, I always thought it was an interesting twist, and this is the last thing I'll say about Swamp Thing. Basically, he comes to realize that he thinks he's this scientist Alec Holland, who was survived the explosion and became this Swamp Thing, but it's really like the Swamp Thing thought he was Alec Holland because of the circumstances of the guy's death. And I guess somehow some of his mind got into... So basically you find out that this thing never was Alec Holland. Like this guy, Alec Holland, the professor died. And he was never the Swamp Thing. The Swamp Thing just believed he was Alec Holland. Which I thought was a cool, really cool twist. Um, but anyway, that's going to be really excited. There's no details about that. Uh, but that should be really fucking cool. Um, and uh, speaking of TV shows, um, on HBO, Westworld has been awesome. They're on their uh, third episode now. And uh, as at the time I'm recording this. And uh, I really love Westworld. I love the first season. I love a great science fiction show. And I love how they're like... um, They're really... uh, 
it kind of reminds you of Lost in, in like in like the best kind of ways, um, because it's there's this really cool mystery, but it doesn't keep you hanging and string you along like Lost did in this kind of really lame way. Like you get answers and they expand the world and 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 they give this really well thought out story. I think they really, unlike Lost, I think they really kind of know where this is going or at least from season to season they do. And I think that's, that's, and it shows it's, it's really, really well done. And, uh, I would say it's right up there with game of Thrones. It's one of those shows I like, I really, really look forward to. Um, another big one, uh, that weirdly lately I've like, I hated this fucking show. Because it's just like, when you watch this stuff as as I do, and you kind of analyze it, and I've been doing this for years, it's just like, sometimes you, when, you can tell when a show is just, so I'm done on Westworld, Westworld's just fucking great, you should watch Westworld, it's on HBO, it's on Sunday nights, 9 o'clock, every Sunday, it's fucking great. So, um, basically... You know, like I said, since I've been doing, I've been doing this kind of thing for a long time, and I can tell when something is bad because the actors suck, or there's something else. And the case of Gotham, which was is a TV show that took that basically takes place in Gotham City, like Batman's home turf. It's on Fox. And it's so the first episode opens with the Waynes getting killed, and it's it's it really sucked because all the actors they cast in the roles were like perfect, and they were all really strong actors, but the writing was terrible. Some of the worst writing I've ever seen, and Batman's like my favorite fictional fucking character, and I like dropped the show before it even ended season one. But somewhere along, like like, and it was, I think it was the mid-season finale, season three. It really started to pick up steam in a really cool way. And this season, like, they basically, they're kind of just like, fuck it, let's just kind of start doing Batman because the kid is kind of old enough now where it's sort of, and because pretty much since the first season. He's been acquiring the skills over the past four years in some way or another that he will need to become Batman. And this season this has really been about him really making those steps into becoming like, alright, I've been learning these skills. Like, I know I want to do something to protect this city. And he, I've got this darkness inside of me. And he realizes, like, he's going to go out and kind of you know, really deal with the crime of the city. And it's the question of how he does that. And he, and he has gone out in like a mask uh, and, and like a bulletproof outfit a few times. And he's got like, not quite a Batmobile, but a pretty cool tricked out like black Mustang. And they're basically like, they finally have done it. Like the, the big back half of the season is, it's just that they're doing the Joker. Like they're doing that. They're introducing him after teasing him for so long, and they've really done a great job, 
and it's been fucking phenomenal. I would say you could kind of pick it up. There's like only two episodes left. You could kind of jump in on these last two if you wanted, but if, if you really want to know what I think the show really turned around was the we're in season four now was the mid season finale of season three, which I'm pretty sure is on Netflix. So if you want to check out Gotham, if you've been curious, now's the fucking time. Now I'm gonna wrap up, and the last thing I wanted to say was. As you know, I love to read. And one of the things I don't talk about or write about nearly enough are just straight-up books, regular prose novels. And uh, this past week, I read uh, the ending to an excellent, excellent series that I love. And um, the book I read was called Only Human by Sylvain Nouvelle. And I highly recommend this book. And uh, it's a science fiction series. It's a trilogy. It's, uh, they, you know, they'll, they'll call it like, oh, um, it's like book one of the Themis Files. Like, I think the first one is called uh, Sleeping Giants. second one's called Waking Gods. And this one's called Only Human. And it's basically about uh, humans discover underground this giant, alien robot that had been left by an alien species on earth like thousands of years ago and they get it to work and it's like what does that do to the geopolitical situation of the planet like when there is this one weapon that's from another world that is the most powerful weapon on the planet and more powerful than a nuke and it's it's just so, like, what does that do to a culture? And, um, it's kind of like, uh, let me think of a good comparison. You know, I saw a really good one. Like, someone compared it to The Martian and meets Pacific Rim. But I almost think a better comparison would be, if you ever read the World War Z movie with Brad Pitt kind of sucks. But the book written by Max Brooks, uh, who's the son of Mel Brooks, is fantastic. And it's also about, it's not just about, it's not a zombie thing. It's about like infrastructure and the weaknesses we have in our society. And it's really great, well done book. I would say this book or this series is sort of like The Martian meets uh, World War Z. And, uh, and it's been really great, like, as the story escalated, and, uh, you see how the first robot in the first book, you know, drastically changes the world and how people react to that, and the second book is the aliens that built the robot come to Earth, and some bad stuff happens, which I won't spoil because it's a really great series and I highly recommend. Even some, if you're, this is like a perfect series if you're not a hardcore science fan or sci fi fan. Because it's, even though it's a lot of crazy shit happens, it's grounded. It's not Star Wars or Star Trek 
or whether there's this like crazy deep mythology it's our world it's grounded in a world like we understand where just this crazy extra element has been thrown in and they are very compelling reads and the first book is about sort of the discovery and how it changes things the second one is they sort of the aliens who created the robot show up on earth in a certain capacity and some major things happen and then the final book the one i just read I just finished it. I loved it. I thought it was excellent wrap-up to the series. I would give this series as a whole an A. It's one of the, it's one of the best, um, just strong science fiction series I've, I've read over the past uh, decade. It's just really, really strong. I would give, I'd give it, they call it the Themis Files, the, uh, the author Sylvain Nouvelle, and it's spelt S-Y-L-V-A... I N and uh N E V U E L and the first one is um uh Waking Giants uh uh, uh Sleeping Giants Waking Gods and Only Human so the first one's Sleeping Giants, Waking Gods, and Only Human. And they're all excellent for different reasons. And and like I said, it's a, it's a more grounded science fiction. So I can't recommend them enough. And if you don't have time to read them, they're available on Audible. I know that. And uh, I listened to a piece of one of them on Audible. And uh, it was really good because they what they did was... Uh, they had like a full cast. Uh, so it wasn't just one person changing their voice. And it was, it was really cool. Uh, I, I loved it. Um, it, it was, I didn't listen to all of them on audible, but the stuff I did, it, I really, I really, really liked. Uh, so that would be a good, um, way to listen to them. If you're like, Oh man, I don't have time. You know what? Maybe you, your commute to work, you know, pop it in the old, uh, uh, the the old iPhone, or you know, when you're on the commuter rail or something like that, it's uh, it's a great way to pass the time and be entertained and, and expand your mind a little bit too. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And uh, before we go, I want to mention our sponsor. Uh, we are sponsored today. I should have said this at the top of the show. Not uh, today and all the time. World's Best Media and World's Best Podcast are uh, sponsored by Paul's Cafe Catering. Uh, they handle uh, graduation parties. They handle weddings. They handle funerals. They handle corporate and luncheon events. They handle private parties, barbecues, whatever you need, 24-7. Uh, they are all about using the best healthiest ingredients, making things from scratch, and working with the client to get them exactly what they need. They have their menu on their website, which is paulscafecatering.com, and you can see the full menu, and there are some awesome pictures there, excellent food, um, but 
like if you see something that's not quite what you want, their sort of area of expertise is like, all right, let's work with you to get you what you need. And I think that's what's one of the best things about them. And also just the quality of the food because they care about the quality of the ingredients and the and the uh and the quality of the product. Um so go to paulscafecatering.com uh and you know if you mention you heard it on this show, uh you get uh ten percent off your first order. Just uh say uh world's best media and you get ten percent off your first order. Or if you do it online, uh just write you know, offer code world's best media. So, um, please, uh, if you enjoyed the show, uh, check out my website or our website, world's best media, which is best dash media dash world.com. Uh, I've got a couple of trailer breakdowns there that are really good. My most recent one was, I did a trailer breakdown for Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think was really good. I, I wrote an article about um, the uh, the DC streaming service. Um, we do have a two-part Quentin Tarantino. Uh, the first of a two-parter up. But um, as good as that, it's a great fucking episode. I really, really enjoyed doing it. And it just sucks that, uh, unfortunately, due to a technical issue... One of us, even though you can absolutely still listen to this podcast, uh, this episode I'm talking about anyway, uh, one of us comes in much louder than the other one, and the other one's kind of much lower. So, I mean, I I would definitely say listen to it, because it's, it's really good content-wise, but, you know, just be ready to maybe use that volume on whatever device you have uh, while you're listening to it. But anyway, guys, uh, like I said, oh, and you can also find me uh, on Facebook, World's Best Media. Just type in the Facebook bar. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Uh, Also, you know, a review on iTunes for the podcast. You know, those are huge. We really appreciate those. And um, use our Amazon affiliate links. Amazon, you you get the cheapest stuff through Amazon anyway. So, and... Every time we put up the affiliate links for something we recommend, like uh, like for Quentin Tarantino, like I might put up a couple of links to some of my favorite of his movies, you know. So if you wanted to pick them up on Amazon, uh, you know, there's no added charge or anything like that. It's just you go, you get the best price. You just go through our link, and it just helps us to support the show, helps us support World's Best Media. So if you do that, we really appreciate it. But Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we're going to have some really good stuff coming at you real soon, and uh, may the force be with you. I'm working on a outgoing line, and I, I kind of like that, but I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Have a great night. Bye. Oh, no. Uh, license and registration, please, sir. What's the problem, officer? Uh, well, son, lots of problems. You were, you were doing 115 miles an hour in a 35 zone. You have a blown tail light and a blown headlight. Uh, about a mile back there on the road, you ran over a whole family of deer uh, and some very cute bunnies. You appear to have several kinds of illegal explosive drugs and firearms in the back seat, not to mention 
There's a 300-pound bearded man who's bound and gagged back there for some reason. What do you have to say for yourself, son? Uh, if you log on to pod617.com, you can listen to some great podcasts and produce one of your own. Pod617.com, huh? Okay. Have a nice day, sir. At pod617.com, you'll find on-demand podcasts on politics, sports, music, and amazing storytelling. And pod617.com will produce a broadcast-quality show for you to promote your business or professional service. Listen to the voices of your city and join the community. Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Oh, uh, you know what? I changed my mind. You're under arrest. Aw.